Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. It's interesting that Donna shared about the um, sevenfold spirit of God and Jacob's ladder and things like that because it's, it's literally where I feel the Lord leading me in, not just today. I'm just going to lay out a little bit of a basis today, a little bit of a foundation before we launch. Probably be a few consecutive weeks where we dive deep into this, but it really has to do because it's because the word that we received was Luke 4.18. And it starts out, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? It's a quote of Isaiah 61. And so I feel like there's a, it would serve us well to do a little bit of a dive into who is this Holy Spirit, spirit of the Lord, before we get into all of the things that he says that we're going to do. Amen? So, dive deep here. So we're going to be unpacking, like I said, over the next weeks. Uh, there'll be a couple of weeks where others are going to be sharing, um, but um, we'll be looking to unpack this to gain, gain some understanding. some of the questions that came to me is, Lord, what exactly does this word to our community mean? Because you can hear an awesome prophetic word, and it can be a wow, like there can be a presence and an anointing on it, but if you do nothing with it, it's, is it serving the purpose? Like, is it being, you know, so, so my heart in this is, Lord, what exactly does this word mean to our community? Lord, what do we need to understand in order to be in sync with your spirit? So a prophetic word like this serves a few purposes. Number one, it is a time stamp for the type of season we are in and moving into. Many of you know the sons of Issachar, the prophetically they understood, you know, the times and the seasons of the Lord. They had ears to hear. Uh, number two, it is a plumb line. A word like this is a, what we call a plumb line word. And a plumb line word for us to understand how to align and partner with him and corporately as a family, but individually too, how we make adjustments It is also a maturing in the spirit and recognizing that if our Father is speaking about a certain dimension of his kingdom, we prove our value, we demonstrate our value to what he is saying by investing some time, some energy into that specific dimension. So it's like the Father's speaking to your heart, speaking to our hearts as his kids, 
are we willing to not just stop and hear what he's saying, but to actually take what he said and gain some understanding with it? Does that make sense? Yep. Amen. So we want to be faithful with the things that he's uh, entrusting to us. So really today, uh, this is going to, it may, here's, here's my prayer, because it may seem elementary to us what I'm touching on right now. But I want to challenge you with that and say, the word of God is not elementary. And like, like I've never had a revelation of mercy before, I need it again, clearly. <laughs> you know, you know, there's, there's, there's so many layers of simple truths, but familiarity can rob us from actually receiving what the Lord is looking to impart in a fresh way in this season. So my challenge, encouragement is like, Lord, right now, even would you release grace, tenderize our hearts right now to be able to receive whatever you're wanting to impart to us individually and collectively as a family. We say, Spirit of God, have your way in our midst. Amen. So, we're just going to jump right in here. Who is the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Spirit of the Lord? He is a person and not a mere influence or power. Can I get an amen? He is referred to as part of the Godhead in Matthew 28, 19. He is the promise of the Father in Acts 2, 33. And the reason I'm quoting the scripture because I'm going really fast. And if you really want to get it, it's, it's being recorded. You can always go back to it on YouTube and catch everything if you can't get it down fast enough. So, and I'm only gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be limited to one verse per, you know, attribute or whatever it is that I'm sharing uh, for the sake of time. But there's many more. So he is the promise of the Father, Acts 2.33. He is referred to as Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. He is a gift to us in Acts 2.38. He comes from heaven, 1 Peter 1.12. He is the spirit of the Godhead, and we see this in Romans 8, 9, and 14. He's the spirit of the Father. So they're, they're this one where he is called the spirit of the Father. He is, uh, that's Matthew 10:20. He is the spirit of the Son, Galatians 4:6. He is the spirit of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 1:11. He is the spirit of the Lord, Luke 4:18. He's the spirit of the living God, 2 Corinthians 3:3. 3, 3. He's the spirit of holiness, Romans 1:4. And he definitely is the spirit of grace, Hebrews 10 29. He is the spirit of truth. John 15, 26. He is the spirit of glory. 
1 Peter 4.14. And he is the spirit of life, and I would say all life. Romans 8.2. So the Holy Spirit is the enabling power who, give, who is given as a gift to the church and he multiplies gifts within the church. So he is the gift to the church and he multiplies the gifts within the church. We see this in Acts 1, 4, and 8. I know it's the teacher hat, but it, we want to be sinking our teeth into the word, not just I heard Kirk say, right? We want to be able to have some reference to get into the word ourselves. I'm giving, I'm sprinkling a little bit of an appetizer. You guys get to go and feast yourselves at the table, eat the meat, amen? He is a paraclete, uh, John 14, 26, who comes alongside Everybody say that. He comes alongside. He comes alongside the believer to guide into all truth. I'm so grateful for that. That's in John 16, 13. And not only to guide us into truth, but to help us in our weakness, Romans 8, 26. Anybody need some help from the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like all of them, all the time. <laughs> The Spirit comforts, this is it, the Spirit comforts by testifying with our spirit. So that's how we communicate with God, and it's the only way we communicate with God. His Spirit communicating with our spirit. And one of the most beautiful and precious revelations we'll ever have is that He comforts, excuse me, He comforts and testify, testifying with our spirit that we are God's children. Romans 8, 16, and he is our perfect advocate before a holy God. He intercedes or speaks for us. And he speaks for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, some of us may not under I don't understand it all, but maybe you've been in a room at one time where somebody is like, well, it's like they're giving birth. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, what is going on with them? And it's like the Holy Spirit is releasing grace to give birth, to break through, you know, like it's like glorious things. Anything that the Spirit does, if it offends your intellect, who cares? Get over it. Whatever the Holy Spirit does, however he's moving, you have to understand it's with all wisdom. It's filled with glory, though your pea brain doesn't understand what's happening and maybe is offended or maybe you're just like, whoa, awesome. You know, like, that's great. You know, but, but for us to understand when the power of the Spirit is moving upon somebody, to not quickly write them off, dismiss it, call it flaky, whatever. It's, I, personally, I think you're on shaky ground if you're just pointing the finger like that. 
I think the best thing to do is, Lord, I bless whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing here. (laughs) Maybe it's deliverance. I bless you delivering this son, this daughter that you love. They don't even know you yet, and you're breaking the chains off them. You're healing their hearts. It's so important. So he intercedes or speaks for us with groans that words cannot express in in accordance, meaning perfect agreement with God's will. Romans 8, 26, 27. As an advocate to the believer, he combines the work of a friend who clearly tells what is wrong, but only so that once it is exposed, it can be put right. This is amazing. So he loves you enough that he's going to get into your business, into the deep places and start hooking areas of your heart that are in darkness, that are, you know, where there's confusion, where there's a lack of clarity, where there's hurt, where there's like offense, whatever. Like he's going to hook into that expose it. He's not even going to candy coat it. He's going to expose it for what it is so that you see it. And then, so he's acting, advocate, he's acting as a prosecutor. He's saying, this is what is going on right now in your heart. This is what is happening right now. And you're like, God's not like that. Well, he is, but he also, after he's done exposing it and you say, it's true. Then he says, awesome. Now I'm going to defend you and I'm going to cover you and I'm going to wash and break this garbage off of you all in the grace and love of Christ. He's so good. He's so good, but he's not letting us off on from this angle. It's like, Oh, why don't you just let me be in my... And it's like, I will not let you stay in your brokenness. I've come to heal your heart. And I am the spirit of truth, <laughs> you know? And, and I'm not going to wink or, you know, dance around and coddle what you need to be healed and delivered from. I love you too much. Yeah, yeah. Somebody say he's good. He's good. He's so good. Oh, my heart is happy. Um, all right. Um, so he will, in fact, dis- dispel illusions, but maintain perfect love towards the offender, a.k.a. me. Um, he is the creative power of God, and his very presence brought order into chaos in Genesis 1. Like he literally says, you know, things were void, chaos. He just came in and brought order. He's the one who brings order. I'm going to touch on the function of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, so these are just some of the functions because some of us think, well, he touches us, he blesses us, you know, a little bit of shaking and baking, he, you know, healing here or there or whatever it might be, a little word of prophecy. He is far bigger than we know. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's far bigger, far bigger. He's just far bigger, far bigger. The Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Spirit of the Lord, he leads and directs, Matthew 4, 1. He speaks in us, to us, and through us, Matthew 10, 20. Like I said, there's tons of scripture, but I don't have time. Uh, he casts out devils, Matthew 12, 28. He releases power, Luke 4, 14. He is the anointing. He functions as the anointing, Luke 4, 18. He comes upon, falls on, <laughs> Matthew 3, 16. He baptizes and fills us, Matthew 3, 11. He gives new birth. Wow, that, we could just... On this one verse, if we really like got that, it's like, whoa, what's opened up to us? John 3, 5, and 8. He gives new birth. He leads into worship. John 4, 23. He flows like a river from the spirit man. John 7, 38, 39. He ministers truth. John 14, 17. He dwells in us. Uh, John 14, 17. He brings comfort, health, and strength. Can I get an amen? John 15, 26. He proceeds from the Father, John 15, 26. Shows us things to come. Oh, I love that. John 16, 13. He, he gives the gift of tongues. It's in there, Acts 2, 4. He releases prophecy, dreams, visions, Acts 2, 17, 18. I love this one. He transports. Oh, yes, Lord. Acts 8.39. I love this. I really do. I, I like, do it, Lord. Do it. Like, I, I, I want to go to another country or I want to, you know, just like preach the gospel. Oh, man. It's. Oh. This is Bible. He brings direction and guidance, Mark 12, 36. He is holiness. He functions as the spirit of holiness, Romans 1, 4. He's the spirit of life, Zoe. He gives life, Romans 8, 1, and 10. He invites us to walk with him, Romans 8, 4, and 5. He groans. We touched on this. He Prayer, intercession, Romans 8, 26, 27. He is the sword, the rhema word of God. Ephesians 6, 17. I mean, he is the one where you read this a hundred times, you know, a hundred times, and then suddenly this is the word of God everybody needs to know. And you're excited to tell them about it. That's the rhema word of God. That's the Holy Spirit is like, ding, you know, turning it on. He produces fruit. He's the only one, actually, that can produce good fruit. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, Ephesians 5, 9. He helps us in weakness, Romans 8, 26. He bears witness. He is the one who bears witness. Acts 5, 32. He is the spirit of adoption, Romans 8, 15. 
He's the one within us that says, Daddy, where we can say, Daddy, you are my Papa forever, and I know this. It's not head knowledge. It's like my heart, my life has changed. I know you love me in every season of my life. Though my mother and my father forsake me, you will never forsake me. He is, he functions as power to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Romans 8, 13, everybody groan. <laughs> yeah, he mortifies the deeds of the flesh. Uh, he ministers power, Acts 1, 8. He ministers love, Romans 15, 30. He searches the deep things of God, 1 Corinthians 2.10. He knows what's in the heart of the Father and the Son. He quickens the mortal body, Romans 8.13. He brings revelation, 1 Corinthians 2.10-12. He reveals to us what has been given by God. We've been given stuff. Like you have so much stuff inside of you and on you, and you don't have a clue. I don't, until he reveals it. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Who understands that? Who's, who's got that? Tell me. Share it with you know, like, like, unpack it to me, like you understand it. You know, it's like, there are so many just glories. He sanctifies in his functioning. He purifies. He justifies. Romans 15, 16. He has gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11, Hebrews 2, 4. He seals us. Oh, I love this. The guarantee, the seal. 2 Corinthians 1, 22. He is freedom. He is liberty. There's a lot of definitions of what freedom is and having a free life. If it's outside of Holy Spirit, you, you don't have a free life. You have some idea of freedom, but... Uh, he changes us into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.17. He, he is uh, the promise of the blessing of Abraham. Galatians 3.14. He releases a cry to the Father through us. Galatians 4.6. He gives access to, unto the Father. It means he's, he is the way that we can have connection with Papa. Ephesians 2.18. He builds us together for a habitation. Everybody say habitation. He builds us together as a habitation for God, Ephesians 2.22. He strengthens us with might, Ephesians 3.16. He is the one. We don't, because we gathered in a room, it doesn't mean we have unity. We oftentimes can call it unity, you know, but he's the one that by the Spirit, he knits our hearts together where we have true unity in the spirit. These are the things of the spirit and of the heart. He is the wine. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18. He supplies Philippians 1.19 fellowship. Philippians 2.1 He is, he functions as grace. You know when he you hear in the word spirit of grace. That's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of grace came upon me to do what I couldn't do in and of myself. Hebrews 10, 29. He's the spirit of glory. 1 Peter 4, 14. He speaks to the churches. 
He is the one that speaks to the churches. Revelation 2, 11, 17, 29. Um, he calls for the bridegroom in Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> He's the conception of anointings and God's purposes. Matthew 1, 18 and 20. He teaches Luke 12, 12. He gives commandments, Acts 1, 2. Power to be a witness, a martyr, Acts 1, 8. Boldness. He functions as boldness within us. If you're going to preach or to share your faith or to, do, to obey, he is the one that gives you boldness to step into that, gives you courage to do it. He gives sight in Acts 9, 17. He is the one who commissions Acts 13, 4. He restrains in Acts 16, 6. He appoints ministries and gives authority. Holy Spirit distributes authority in the church. Acts 20, 28. He releases love. Romans 5.5, 5, righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans 14.17. I know I'm going right through these. Uh, try your best to not, uh, you know, I want you to think he's, he's bigger. He's bigger. That the whole point of this is he's doing a whole lot more than giving a little bit of tongues or a little bit of, like, he is so actively at work in our midst. He releases love here, righteousness, peace, and joy. He, uh, he uh, Confession of Christ's lordship in 1 Corinthians 12, 3. He brings the gospel, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, and 6. In keeping power, 2 Timothy 1, 14. He brings renewal, Titus 3, 5. He moves on believers, 2 Peter 1, 21, and convicts the world, John 16, 8. Those are just some of the functioning of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking myself, Kirk, do you know him? Do you really, Kirk? Do you know him? And I'm saying that to encourage us is there's no way that life in the kingdom is boring. There, there's just no way it's boring. If you are bored then you've pulled back and you've not leaned into glimpse at this glorious God that we love and serve. One glimpse should blow our circuits. This is who he is. Symbols of the Holy Spirit. He is wind. In the Hebrew, it is a ruach, the wind, breath, spirit, Genesis 1-2. In the Greek, I think it's pneuma, is that correct? Yeah. I'm not Greek. It's Greek to me. <laughs> Acts 2.2. 2. He is the breath, Genesis 2.7. He's the fire and the flame, Matthew 3.11. He is the dove, Mark 1.10. He's the oil, Exodus 30.25, Isaiah 61.1-3. Symbols of him are first fruits and a down payment in 2 Corinthians 1.22 fruitfulness and fruit bearer, Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Those are just some symbols from Scripture of who he is. 
Has anybody experienced him come and touch you like fire? Nobody, okay. Oh, okay, one, two, okay. I'm looking for some uh, dialogue here, some feedback. Has anybody experienced him touch your spirit like fire? Just put up your hand. You don't need to. Electricity, power. What about oil, like the healing oil where he's just got your heart in his hand and the oil is just healing your heart? Yeah, 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 come on. What about the wine? Anybody in here at all? Five of you, six of you. Come on. I know, I know you guys. I know a lot of you, and I've seen a lot of you, and I'm pretty certain it was the wine that you were experiencing. I'm pretty confident. You get blasted with the joy of the Lord. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> no, not me, Pastor. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. All right. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap up with this. The relationship of the believer and the Holy Spirit. The relationship of the believer and the Holy Spirit. Simple truths, but you can dive deep into any one of them. We are His temple. First yeah. Corinthians six nineteen. I mean, the weight of that, the Spirit of glory that raised Christ from the dead, is in you. What's for lunch? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I, I'm being fun with you. Hopefully, hopefully you get my humor here. It's, it's like, Lord, wake me up. Who's dwelling within? Oh, I'm getting whacked just being here right now, talking about it. We are partakers of Holy Spirit, Hebrews 6, 4. We are to receive him. Everybody say, receive him. This is how we are to receive him. The laying on of hands. Why we do that when we pray for somebody. Acts 8, 17. Breathing upon. John 20, 22. True confessions. First time I saw somebody blowing on somebody, I was like, what the heck is that? That's just weird, you know. And then I saw Jesus do it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, if Jesus received the Holy Spirit, he blew on them. Maybe it's not so weird. No, I think you can, if you're not moving under the unction of the Spirit, it can still be weird. But, but, that's not for me to, you know what I mean? Like, that is... That is just the spirit at work, and we believe the best about one another as we're ministering, that all of us are stepping out as we look to minister and to, it's all for the sake of love. Amen? So laying on of hands and breathing upon uh, as, as we pray for, uh, Acts 
So they pray the Holy Spirit fell by speaking, somebody sharing Christ with, we're sharing Christ with somebody or somebody sharing with us. How many know we can receive the Holy Spirit? Like something can fall and rest. Um, uh, happened in, in the upper room here. You know, like Brad, he was like, oh my gosh, like the presence. Like, you know, he was like Shekinah. is like a weighty glory, you know, is like this just incredible presence of the Lord. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Just acknowledge him in our midst. So uh, by speaking, Acts 10.44. And here are the things, a few things that we're not to do. Not to do. I am not to tempt the Holy Spirit. Acts 5.9. I'm not to lie to the Holy Spirit. Acts 5.3. I'm not to resist the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.51. I know there's nobody in here that has ever resisted the Spirit, not once. I, I, I just know we have such a holy group here. It's just... good. And I'm not making light of it. The reality is, the truth is, we're not called to resist the Holy Spirit. We're called to agree with Him in love. We're not to grieve Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4.30. We're not to quench the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. And pretty clearly, it should be. We're not to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And what that means is slander and speak ill of His majesty. Holy Spirit is majestic, amen? He's majestic. He's holy. He's God, fully God. We see that in Mark 3, 28 to 29. We are to go and baptize in His name, Matthew 28, 19. We are to move in his gifts, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. We are to pray in the Holy Spirit, Jude 1.20. And we are to fellowship with him. We are going to wrap it up there. This was really just to be foundational in the word before we launch, next time I get to share, before we launch into going into the Spirit of the Lord, the sevenfold Spirit of God. We see it in Isaiah. We see it in Revelation. The burning flames, seven flames of fire before the throne of God. Like, like he's holy. He's, there's things he wants to make known to us, um, but it's important that we allow him to take us into the foundations of his, what he's like, how he functions, his nature. And so I encourage you, you know, you can go back and watch it. Maybe you took notes. Great, awesome. Uh, but the point is, is this, this was a sprinkling of an appetizer for each of us. My prayer is hunger to know him. Hunger that responds by taking this steak, this meat, 
Sorry, vegetarians. I pray for you. I pray for your deliverance. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm playing. Really, I am. Uh, it's the meat of his word is what the Bible talks about. And we can be brought to the table. It can be set in front of us. But it's up to you and I to say, I, I really, I want to know you. And I believe because we're a people of faith, right? Exercising my faith, I believe that as I open up your word, that I'm going to encounter you in it and through it. I'm going to be transformed by the weight of the spirit of glory that rests upon the pages and even into the pages of this word. Amen? He said, clearly, he said, my words are spirit, not pages. My words are spirit and they are life. Let's stand. Father, we as sons and daughters and as a family, we just want to say we treasure you. We treasure your son and we treasure your spirit in our midst. I just want to confess, I just am so just aware and I want to be more aware of just without you, I've got nothing. This life means very little apart from being in relationship with you and knowing you. And my prayer, God, is that your heart would be imparted to ours. That spirit of the Lord, spirit of the living God, spirit of grace, be released in our midst, be released in our homes, be released in our marriages. Be released over our children, our sons and daughters. I believe your heart and you have the goods to do what I can't do in bringing healing, restoration, wholeness. Only you can do this, Lord. And I, I choose to position my heart to believe that you are who you say you are, that you're the God who is able to do the impossible with man. You're able to touch hearts that can't be touched by anybody else. You're able to make whole what we can't. But we say as a company, as a family, we choose to bring our little itty-bitty agreement, but it's real, and it's what you're looking for from our hearts. In spirit and in truth, we say we agree for Luke 4.18. We agree for the healing and restoration that you will restore the years that the enemy has looked to destroy and that you are in this season making all things new in our midst. Lord, we choose to believe the truth of your word. And we honor you by believing you. God's people said, amen.
Have an awesome week, guys. Find somebody in whom you can show mercy. Find somebody who needs mercy. Find somebody who needs forgiveness. Find somebody who needs to taste compassion. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.